Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. And we're both property people running our own businesses. This podcast is just us talking, as we often do, about anything and everything property and a lot more besides. So, <laughs> hello, Simon. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, how about yourself, Stuart? Yeah, really good. Really good. Lots going on, as per usual. Um, yeah, I, I, at the end of the last one, I teased that we were going to ask you about uh, your recent acquisition uh, of, a, of a flat that you're planning to flip. Yeah, that's um, right. So, so should we start there? Yes, I can't remember if we talked about the length of time for purchase, but it, we, I remember it. It was Valentine's Day, so we had the offer accepted on February the 14th. Which year? Just to check. 2019. Right, yeah. okay. <laughs> February the 14th, 2019. And we completed, I actually can't remember now, but around beginning of November-ish of 2019. So that took over eight and a half months to complete. Is, is that your, your longest ever um, conveyancing process? No, I've got one that's longer than that. And I was telling you about that before we recorded, actually. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I had an offer accepted January and and we're still going. So and that, that was a, that's a simple one, though. Um, so the flip, to be honest, it, it taking a long time isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it isn't a great thing because uh, I'm using investor funds to or, or, or joint venture in with a, an investor to purchase and we had the funds ready in, you know, once we put the offer down. So, um, you know, we're, we're paying interest on those funds. However, the the reason it's taken that time is because we needed to do our due diligence because the the flat is in a commercial and residential apartment block, um, which was, I think, mostly office uh, at one stage, which they then converted into residential for for a number of reasons and what we want to do what we are doing is converting it from a one bed to a two bed flat sounds really simple doesn't it until <laughs> you start dealing with um, managing agents i think i think anything in a flat's harder than you expect <laughs> well this this is a learning curve to me to be for, for me to be completely honest because i've done this pre you know i've done this previously but in houses so mm. when you own the freehold obviously Unless it's load bearing and you need building regs, and it's yeah. kind of a way of the lads, isn't it? You just get your sledgehammer out and off you go. <laughs> I'm joking, obviously. <laughs> just a caveat. <laughs> Is there any? <laughs> yes, don't start attacking buildings <laughs> with sledgehammers or, or anything else, really. Yeah, <laughs> unless you've got a professional, <laughs> unless there's a professional in the room. Uh, and in that case, I'm not. Um, so, although knowing some builders, um, I'm I'm not sure they actually approach things in, in much more of a careful or methodical way than just picking up the nearest sledgehammer and going for it. Well, it, <laughs> it is funny. We did uh, the last big one I did um, back end of uh, 2018, actually, was the f- uh, a five bed, which we um, created five beds, four suites and a private bathroom. And we were thinking about knocking through the kitchen to the lounge and I thought it would be a really nice idea but knew that I needed to contact yeah relevant relevant authorities before anyway the, the, the property's down in Plymouth I went down there one Friday I walked in and there's this huge man-sized hole through the kitchen wall into the front room and I just looked through and I said oh, oh what's happening he said well you know we thought we'd just get a head start on the 
on the knocking through. And I said, well, you know, I haven't spoken to anyone about whether or not we can do this. And, you know, we need to speak to the relevant people. And long story short was, you know, I made the initial calls and it was going to cost us significant amounts of money. Like it would have cost me, you know, in terms of building regs and so on and so forth, you know, a couple of grand, which I wasn't prepared to spend and wasn't in the budget. So, yeah, fortunately, I've got a very good relationship with my builder. But, you know, you had to fill that hole back in, <laughs> repair it at, at, at his own cost, you know. And, you know, we, we work things out and he gets more work from me, so it's not, it's not an issue. But So, yeah, a little aside there that that does happen. It just supports your view of uh, people with sledgehammers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, best, best to steer clear of sledgehammers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Uh, Sorry, we went down a bit of a tangent there. We did. <laughs> you, were, you were telling us about your uh, your new flat and what you're doing to it. Yeah, so I think the um, the guidance is if you're buying in um, purpose-built blocks, it's just be aware that there's a number of hurdles you have to clear. And the first one is with a managing agent, to, you know, because you need to let them know that you're going to do what you want to do. Because, you know, for us, the, the property purchase is around, well, it's 230K, don't mind saying that. Um, but we're looking at increasing that value by at least 50%. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so... There's a huge, there's a big margin there, which is what I've taken. What are you expecting your bill cost to be, or uh, builder? No more than twenty five. And so, but obviously, we want a degree of confidence, and that means first of all, you have to run that by the letting agent, the managing agent. They they will then pass you on to their building control agents, <laughs> and of course, everyone wants you to, you know. And cross their yeah, palm with a, a cost silver yeah. coin, mm. and, and so we we spent about two thousand pounds, which you know, it, I think is, is, is a lot of money. Right, two thousand pounds is a lot of money. Yeah, it is. However, when you look at that versus, you know, if, if it ca- if it came out that we spent that two thousand pounds, and you know, their relevant parties said we would never agree to this, then as far as I'm concerned, it's two grand well spent mm. because. You know, it's not just two grand. We'd then be putting in, you know, seventy to a hundred k into the property. And if you do that, and then find out you can't do what you want to do with it, then then that's a big problem. So, but that's what's taken eight months. And the good news is, you know, we've met people out there, and this is all pre-purchase. So this is all still, I would say, before I'd come into property, I'd be like, oh my god, you know, this is risky. You know, we're putting cost in, we're spending time, we're meeting people at the property, and at any stage, the vendor. Could just say no. <laughs> Could say, do you know what? I've changed my mind. Mm-hmm. Or they hear that we're going to turn it into a two-bed and go, oh, that's a really good idea. Why don't I do that? Yep. They're the risks that 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 we as investors are always mindful of. However, you know, you, it's like everything else. You weigh out the risk and versus the reward and, and, you, and you go for it. So that's what's taken eight months. Um, but fortunately, we completed, so we have started smashing walls and ripping things out. <laughs> <laughs> What's your estimated uh, build time on that? Four weeks. So, so uh, due to finish around Christmas time. Well, we are. What do you mean four weeks left? Sorry. No, the overall build time will be four oh. weeks when we start it officially. Ah, uh, okay. You're, you've not quite got those sledgehammers out yet. Then. <laughs> no, that's right. We haven't we haven't done that yet. <laughs> but what, what's holding you up then? Because now we own. We could. You can only go so far when you don't own the property. So right. we get all of the necessary approvals. We've had it in writing that they are happy for us to do what we want to do. However, now we own the property. We now have to, as as unsurprising as it is, 
pay people more money for them to agree even more officially that we can do what we want to do now that we are owners of the property. So that, yeah. so we're just going through that process, which itself is going to take probably a month. Right. So once that comes through, now there are certain things we can do in the property. So, so we're laughing a little bit, but there are certain things that we can take out. We just can't move anything. We can't, um, we can't put any holes in walls or anything like that. And, it, and we have to do things like notify. And these are all little things, of course, you're not, well, we, we were thinking of, but you don't always think of when you're just starting out, which is, you know, we have to notify the properties above us, below us, mm-hmm. to the side of us, yeah. um, and have approval. They all need to be notified because although clearly we'll keep, you know, noise down and that kind of thing, people need to be aware. Yeah. Like, you know, there's an underground car park, but where does all the rubbish go when we're, when we're, when we're doing the, um, um, you know, just basically taking everything out of the property. So, you know, all this wonderful stuff yeah. that, you know, it, property can sound so glamorous, can't it? But um, <laughs> when you're talking about, you know, margins and profit, but the reality of it is, is, and you'll share this, is that, you know, one week you can have a really nice conversation about the added value in your property and capital appreciation. Next week I'm dealing with, you know, a, a bust and gutter and talking about two grand cost on the roof. So mm. that's... That's the reality of property. Yeah, quite. The, uh, the the winds can be good, but the uh, the unexpected expenses can also be big. <laughs> yeah, but we hope to start. You know, we hope to have started that, you know, and get through that by February uh, of twenty twenty, and get it back on the market. Are you um, are you at all concerned about the the current market? Because this is in uh, Greater London, isn't it? Yeah, so it's in Croydon. Yeah. And uh, that's that's not been the best of markets for the last year or two. <laughs> London and the southeast isn't, but then, so for us, the the value comes from the increased value. Mm-hmm. So regardless of the um, you know stagnance of the of the London southeast market for us, you know you're, you're taking a one bed and then creating a two bed mm-hmm. with a second bathroom. So yeah, again, again worst case scenario for us is. Yeah, we should still make money. Might not just be the amount of profit we were hoping for. Yeah, I would have thought a bigger concern might be that it would hang around on the market. Yeah, for, for a bit too long. You, what was the what's the movement in in Croydon property market like at the moment? Uh, it seems okay. I mean, I haven't looked at it for a few weeks, but the last time I looked at it, there were uh, flats even in that block that had been sold. Oh, excellent. That's very promising. It, it's, it's promising, but, you know, I, I, don't, I don't, you know, like you, I don't run away with these things because... You yeah. can never tell until you're actually there trying. But Past yeah. performance is not, <laughs> <laughs> is no determinant of future experience. So we work on that, but of course, you know, we work on, you know, I've already looked at the buy-to-let numbers and should we need to, that'll, that'll go on a buy-to-let. So it's as simple as that. It'll go into a buy-to-let and the numbers on that should be okay. Uh, until it gets sold so good to have a backup plan yeah i think well my experience is if you don't have a second or third option then it would be a very risky investment yeah definitely so um i don't have anything exciting to update on this week so i thought perhaps uh we can move on and, and chat about some podcasts seeing as this is a podcast and we both listen to lots of podcasts yeah um good and, idea and this is going to be the uh the last episode before christmas um, it's something a little bit different. So do, do you want to kick us off? Pick a, pick a podcast you want to mention? For me, 
everything in property started with Inside Property Investing Podcast with Mike Stenhouse. So it would be remiss of me not to talk about that. So if anyone listening hasn't started with Inside Property Investing, I suggest that you, you have a look at that because uh, it's been going, I think, since 2013 around. So it's been going five plus years anyway. Um uh, and Mike is actually on my executivejuice.com podcast as well, Executive Juice. Just a quick plug there. For I'm, I'm not sure we can let you have two for, for the price <laughs> of one there. So. <laughs> but what's really good about Inside Property Investing is, is, is the variety and range of people that Mike interviews. So, you know, for, for anyone that's looking at investing in property, whether that's you want to flip a property, create service accommodation, do property sourcing, huge developments, it's all on there. Yeah, I mean, I, Mike's podcast is, is one I listen to a lot as well. Mm. Um, I, I confess I don't listen to every episode, but, uh, but yeah, I listen to most of them. Yeah. And yeah, as you say, there's, there's such a big range of, of things that he, he and his guests talk about. Yeah. Um, and uh, and since you did mention it as well, I also listen to Executive Juice. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I very much enjoy those interviews. Uh, you, ha- you have had uh, the, the odd guest I haven't enjoyed quite as much, but most of them are, I've I've really enjoyed and I've got some, some good lessons to, to uh, pick up on. Good. Pleased to hear it. That's the, that's the aim. Other so, than that? Uh, other than so that. The, then uh, I've got to mention uh, the property podcast by, uh, by the two Robs. Um, I think there's one that I, I listen to uh, pretty religiously um, and, uh, and enjoy. They're big on their, their education and, and spreading knowledge yep. which is something I, I definitely agree with uh, but they've also thrown in bits of uh, experience and, and interest from occasional guests and things as well um, I quite enjoyed uh, their little diversion to uh, to entrepreneurs yep. uh, recently and, yeah uh, Mike Winnett yeah exactly yep um, and his uh, his efforts on uh, on YouTube um, I think uh, that's something that uh, could do with being being spread a bit more mm. there's there's a, a lot of uh, people spending a lot of money on on property education that that isn't going to go anywhere <laughs> it's true it's true and yeah doug seems slightly i think it is um it's funny isn't it because a lot of us you know when you get that little clip that pops up on a youtube video that says you know if you just listen to me for 30 seconds um we'll make you a millionaire from your laptop within the next five days, most of us are just skipping that immediately because we can't quite believe it. But for some reason in property, whether it's it seems so feasible and the dream can get sold a lot easier, we, we get we get sucked in a lot quicker. So I think it's definitely been a a useful development. Yeah, fine. I mean I, I've I've never been uh, never been tempted by by these things, but uh, you read about people spending ten, twenty, thirty thousand pounds mm. on training courses. Mm. You could buy a house for that, yeah, <laughs> um, and, and learn on the job, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then at the end of it, you've probably got a house, e- even if you do pretty badly and, and exactly make lots of mistakes along the way. You've probably still got a house at the end of it, yeah. As opposed to to giving it all to a trainer. So, yeah. yeah, my first investment property was uh, seventy three thousand pounds, mm-hmm. and if that was. 25% or whatever that is, you know, just shy of 20K. Yep. And what, like was that say, a better learning experience than going on a course, do you think? Yeah. 
because you learn. I think you know. I have invested some money. You know, in fact, I did a, a bit of a, a mastermind with the two Robs uh, once, but you know, it was a few hundred quid. Yeah, I think that's a a different scale. Yeah, and, um, a different type of uh, course as well, isn't it? Yeah, and I guess just to bring it back to the to the two Robs as we were talking about, sort of you know, property hub and, and that kind of thing. Is I think what I really like about them is that they are extremely focused on providing value. So yeah, they've got yeah. businesses in the background. No day, no doubt. What we talk about is a great funnel for their back end businesses, but they provide so much value. That I think you know they deserve whatever, whatever comes through from it. Yeah, quite. I mean, they they do seem to be very busy. <laughs> yeah. So um, so yeah, hopefully they're uh, hopefully things are working out well for them. Yeah, I'm sure they are. I'm pretty sure they are. <laughs> The next one you mentioned actually was Property Jam, which I haven't heard of. Okay, so um, this is a fairly new new podcast. Uh, it's uh, three property people uh, just chatting uh, about the uh, the human side of property uh, is, is their their line. Um, they have a different topic each week, and they talk about their experiences and their their thoughts on it. Um, it's quite relaxed, quite fun. Um, I've been been quite enjoying that one. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think that's one you need to add your list to uh, yeah. to try out. Anyone that we should have heard of, or oh, you're you're dropping me in this because you know I'm no good with names. <laughs> <laughs> I had enough trouble remembering the name of the podcast. I can't remember the name of the people on it. I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll need to uh, I'll need to work on my my memory for people's names for, uh, for next. I'll, time. I'll look that up. Um, so the so the other one I listen I'm listening to at the moment, and I think this is where podcasting is great because. Um, when you want to learn something new. And I, I just started getting interested in service accommodation as an idea. Now, I think I may well just continue my focusing in um, HMOs and, and co-living, but service accommodation, and I, I can't remember the, the host's name, but he's called the, the Property Soldier. And again, I think he's come, come out of the Progressive Property Stable. However, the the information is very, very useful, and some of the tidbits that they're providing there is really is are really good. You know, yeah. again, if someone's coming new, to think about things that you haven't quite thought of before, like additional costs, like the cost of linen mm-hmm. um, for service accommodation, they were saying it's something like ten to twenty pounds per bed. Mm-hmm. You know, so per stay, mm-hmm. and a lot of things per, like per stay. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's more than I would have guessed. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, and, and that's the point, isn't it? I think a lot of again people will bandy around the. How oh service accommodation great model lots of money take your own take your, just your one bed flat and it's going to earn you triple the amount but of course that will come at a price and, and that price is the cost of managing it as a serviced accommodation business mm-hmm. which is you know being cleaned every time there's a visit changing things so so that that so far I've only listened to a handful of episodes but I actually quite like it and what actually what I really like about it is he does his mentoring calls live mm-hmm. so they're recorded mentoring calls now. They're structured, so I think they're you know they're pre-structured, which is more than we do at the moment. But, um, <laughs> but it's but we, it, we we made notes for this one and we, everything we in did. advance. We, we did write notes, you're right. <laughs> but um, but it's it's really good just to hear that conversation. It's not it's not all structured, so they'll have a conversation, which again I think if you're new to properties is quite a good way of of doing it. What what was that one called? The serviced accommodation. It will pop up as one of the first. Yeah. So on service accommodation, we should we should really mention service accommodation secrets, which is um, another podcast that's recorded locally in, in our area um, by someone we both know, Sally, 
um, yeah. whose surname escapes me because I'm terrible with names. But, um, but yeah, she's been doing that for, for quite a long time now. Um, and every, every episode is a, a fairly deep dive into another topic on, on service accommodation. So it sounds very similar to the one you, mm. you're mentioning. Yeah, um, sounds good. Yeah. So we mentioned a couple of non-properties just to balance this out for... I don't know. Do we, do we listen to anything that's not property based? <laughs> Rarely. I'm trying to wean myself off. <laughs> Go on then. You, you... So I listen to one called uh, Noah Kagan Presents. So, God, you're having an effect on me now because it, it, you're affecting my memory. Um, but he, I'm radiating forgetfulness. Brilliant. <laughs> he, um, he basically interviews entrepreneurs as well. Very, very similar. Uh, to do and goes really in depth and he's got some really you know really good guys on there i'm just trying to remember the name of his company but he's, he's got an online sort of um software business um but he, he's just got a very relaxed informal style which i really like and yeah he's got some really good recommend, recommendations in terms of uh, books every now and again and, and resources but i just like his style he's very relaxed he's made his money already and I think that always helps because people just relax and they seem to be more themselves as opposed to trying to be anything other. Um, and I'll remember the name of his business in a minute. He'll come back to me. <laughs> so um, this is one that uh, I've had mentioned to me before, but I, I've, I've yet to try. So, uh, so yeah, I'll need to, yeah. need to give that a go at some point. Yeah, it's, it's like, I think it's like others. I, you know, some I'm not so interested in, but he's interviewed a lot of um, businesses, different types of businesses. And the other thing I really like is he does a... Um, like mentoring calls. So I think, you know, he, he ran a, 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 like a prize draw. So if you left a review on his podcast and, and you won, he would just basically discuss your business on the show and then come back six months later, like, what did you implement? What didn't you implement? And that's been, that's been really good. Just again, the learnings as people, you know, we're called the business of property for a very good reason because not enough of us treated our property business as a business. It was just a, you know, we, we just a property or two properties, but the learnings from other people's businesses have been really key. You know, particularly for me around cash flow, focus, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, they're the bits that I really pull out on other people's businesses. So, that's been really good. Cool. Okay, and so uh, another non-property one uh, that I've, I'm only part way through, but I think you finished um, is uh, BBC's Missing Crypto Queen. Mm. Uh, so this is a. Uh, a good educational one, I think. Um, my uh, my eldest son um, was recently. Uh, I, for, I forget exactly why this came up, but he, he mentioned something about um, uh, how our, a famous actor has been investing in bitcoins, and and that, that's clearly the uh, the sort of answer to everything. Um, and I question what, <laughs> and it turns out this was uh, a YouTube advert. Mm. that he's seen um almost certainly not actually involving the the actor that it was uh, claimed to mm-hmm. um and uh, yeah i think i'm going to be, be playing him the uh, <laughs> the missing crypto queen uh, yeah. podcast uh, as a as a lesson to be a bit more aware of what you you hear and believe it's brilliant i mean it's it's for anyone that's listened to serial from a couple of years back no oh, no i've not like the biggest podcast ever to have been made <laughs> Oh dear! Yeah. <laughs> but it's most people listening to podcasts will have heard of Serial, and if you haven't listened to that, it's 
I mean, cereal is truly it's brilliant. I mean, it's um, a, a binge-worthy podcast, a bit like, you know, for people that were into, say, Making a Murderer on Netflix. <laughs> I, don't so, know how, I don't know how you managed to, to stay up with all these things. You've got young, young children as well, and since I've had young children, I, I just struggle to keep up with. <laughs> um, but So Serial is about um, essentially someone that was um, – uh, convicted of murder or potentially convicted of murder. And essentially that's the story about it. Anyway, that serial, they, they released three series, which was yeah, truly brilliant made by, you know, very professional journalists and so on and so forth. Anyway, missing crypto queen for me is, as, is as good as that in terms of, you know, once you listen to the first podcast, you just, you know, you're, you're desperate to, to find out what's gone on. And, and I always know how good a podcast is. Whereas if I get to my desk and I'm saying, right, I'm just going to give it five more minutes while I, you know, fire yeah. everything up. Then I know it's really good because usually yeah, I'll just switch mean, off yeah. as soon as I walk into the office. <laughs> yeah, so Missing Crypto yeah. Queen was very good. And then before the show, briefly, you mentioned um, Business Over Beers. Yes, indeed, yeah. Um, so this is another fairly fairly new podcast that I'm quite enjoying. Uh, the, the people behind it are, are in the property world, but they're, they're guests they, they interview each time are – a mixture of property people and, and non-property people. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, I'm just really enjoying the, the, the relaxed um, sort of casual approach to the, uh, the, the guests and the content and things. So. Yeah, so William Stokes, I know William, and actually he will appear on Executive Juice podcast as well. So uh, William worked for a company called Equi Group, did um, commercial to residential developments. So um, worked with his uncle, Mark Stokes, who, whom I know as well. Uh, so really good. And uh, yeah, William's a top guy. So how did you find out about uh, Business Over Beers? I found it on Twitter for my sins. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't remember how or why um, I stumbled across it. But, but yeah, it's um, uh, a month, maybe two months ago, I uh, found that. Hmm. And uh, yeah, been listening since. Interesting. The, I think that brings us to the end of the podcast we, we were planning to mention today. And we've we've overrun our normal uh, our normal time as well. So yeah. unless you've got any any last minute end of year uh things to mention, we should uh, we should probably finish up. No, I think we're all good. Okay, in that case, um Merry Christmas and happy new year to anyone listening. And uh we will be back in 2020. Thanks, everyone. Please check show notes uh, at thebusinessofproperty.com.